It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the next episode following our special episode we had earlier this week of the Sports Scramble podcast. Uh, I am joined tonight only by one person, and that is Tyler. So uh, Tyler and I, Tyler over in the boot there, he's holding it down. And uh, I'm over here in the SIP holding it down after a late night at work. Uh, So we're going to jump into a little bit of what's been going on this week. And uh, I think we're going to start off with uh, the BMW Championship out there. And what an eventful high-scoring weekend we had going on. Some guys up and down the leaderboard all over the place. Ultimately, though, Patrick Hanley getting it done at the end of the week. Uh, he is kind of the man, the myth, the legend when it comes to playoff golf, Tyler. Yeah, he uh, is. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he buckles down. I mean, he was your Tour Championship winner from last season uh, in kind of staking his claim as, hey, when the playoffs roll around, here it come, here I come. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a, a great weekend for Patrick Hanley. Kind of rode the ship all the way to the weekend. That's kind of what we've been seeing lately, though, Tyler, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I Some notable notes, I saw that Will Zalatoris had to withdraw during the third round. Uh, he was coming off, you know, that high win, getting his first major win at the St. Jude Championship, and it just sucks for him, you know, to have some back issues in the third round. I think he probably wouldn't have won this week at BMW Championship. He was about four, around four under around that mark uh, during that injury. Uh, but yeah, I was like, I did see Jordan Spieth at the top, but then he had a couple of bo- 
a bogeys and he had, I believe it was like a quadruple bogey or a triple bogey that pretty much set him back. But yeah, Patrick Canley, you got to give it to him. He loves this event. He won it last year and he wins it again. Uh, so I'm really excited uh, to be able to watch the final week of the FedEx playoffs as uh, Scotty Scheffler is going to be be leading the bunch. He's at 10 under with Patrick Canley at eight under, and there's a whole lot of talented golfers behind him. So it should be a really fun event uh, next weekend. Yeah, let, I mean, let's hope let's hope Will Zalatoris is all right. Let's hope yeah. he gets back, and let's hope he can finish the playoffs because, man, that guy has gone on a run in the second half yeah. of the season. I know he's come up short a lot, and we've talked a lot about how, you know, it's he's just one step away. And I think his big win last week at St. Jude was was what he needed. Um, it, it just an unfortunate thing that happens. I mean, we've seen it all over the place. We've seen Tiger battle injuries for years, uh, you know, and still end up coming back, still winning some tournaments. Uh, and Zalator's he's young. I mean, that, that worries me to having back problems as young as he is. Uh, and hopefully he can get back on track and, and be the lead man there with Rory uh, for the PGA Tour for years to come. Uh, but no, I, I think uh, the biggest thing that's kind of happens, I kind of touched on Tiger Woods, but the biggest thing that's kind of been outside of the actual play of golf, you know, has been what's going on. Uh, with Tiger's little secret meeting uh, about live and about the future of the PGA tour. Um, I I will say this. I think that I I think Tiger is doing what is right and stepping forward and kind of saying, Hey, look, we need to figure out what we're going to do for next year to combat this. Because if we don't, uh, we could be no more uh, at the the rate it's going. Cause I mean, guys fell fast, uh, faster than we thought. So I think uh, I, good for Tiger, and I think it's a, a big step for, for the tour. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's I've said it multiple times on the show that someone has to step into the PGA Tour because if they don't, the live might overtake them. I mean, they have all the money in the world. The Saudis are just tossing that money. They're like, here, you want some money? Here you go. You, come play golf with us. Here's $100 million. But the really big thing that I took from that you know, secret meeting is that this Last bullet point uh, that Chet sent me was seven players are set to be announced to be joining the Live Tour after the playoffs conclude. So I know that you hinted at that. So what are some possible names, you know, that we could see uh, joining the Live? Could it be a Cameron Smith? I mean, that's been a hot name. I think that he's pretty much a lock at this rate. I mean, he didn't even uh, play in the BMW Championship. I think he was dealing with injuries. So maybe he could go on. So, I mean, seven players. What I just want to know, like, who's who are those seven players? Yeah, I mean, it's very, yeah, it's very interesting to find out that there's that many guys that are considering it at the end of this year. Um, and I think the most notable one is is Cameron Smith. Yeah, uh, and I think that's a without a doubt at this at this point. Uh, and I think he has kind of hinted at that as well. I mean, if a guy's going to hint at it, more than likely he's going to do it uh, at this stage. But uh, no, I think another guy that I don't. I don't think people are paying attention to that might end up doing it for the money uh, is Ricky Fowler. Uh, I I think Ricky could be a guy that uh, makes a move there. He spent a lot of time on tour, hasn't won very much on tour, you know, and and he might decide, Hey, look, there's other opportunity out there. I might go test my luck somewhere else. And that's what a lot of guys have done. Uh, I can't fault them for it. uh, But I, I will say that I, 
I can't stand behind it. I mean, I've said that for a number of weeks, and we won't spend very much longer on it. But, yeah. Outside, you know, of Ricky Fowler, like outside of the the St. Jude Championship, I mean, he was in the mix. But outside of that, has he really been in the mix? I mean, I think it's been several years that we've seen Fowler in the top five. I mean, that was like his prime years of golf. I don't know if he's still in it. He's probably past that. Uh, But, you know, Ricky Fowler, you know, reminded me of Will Zalatoris. You know, he's got a lot of top fives, a lot of top tens, but he could just never get over the hump in the majors, especially in the Masters. I feel like, you know, the event at Augusta, Fowler was always in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ricky, I mean, Ricky really hasn't battled many injuries, uh, you know, and really has been just kind of cruising along, riding the ship. And and I don't know, I mean, he can't put together 72 holes in a tournament. I mean, look, if we played 36 whole tournaments on the on the tour every other week, Ricky <laughs> probably would have a couple of wins uh, in the last few years. But, I mean, it's just – it comes down to staying focused for four days straight, uh, sometimes longer than that. I mean, guys got to focus in when they get there on Tuesday and they're, and they're getting ready to play for the week. Uh, it's so important. I mean, there's a lot of money on the line. I mean, a guy like Ricky is going to be on tour until he doesn't want to be on – you know, until he doesn't want to be on tour anymore. Uh, they're not going to take his card away from him. That's just how the PGA Tour works. I mean, there's there's <laughs> there's times when, hey, if you don't win, you can lose your card. And then there's guys that, hey, you've been on tour so long and you're a popular guy, we can't take your card away. So it, he's one of them. Uh, and and Ricky's a nice guy, great guy. Oh, yeah. you know, I've seen, and he's just the chips just haven't fell for him. So I think uh, I think he's on the decline, and I, and I see him being the next one to decide to move on. Uh, but, you know, you're talking about injuries and everything brings us to, to our first sponsor for tonight's episode. And, uh, and that is body check wellness. Uh, if you guys want to go on and get all of your CBD needs, uh, courtesy of body check wellness, if you want to go on there and use our promo code OCS uh, for 25% off, uh, you can go on there and get all your needs that you need in order to stay healthy and fit. I know those guys on the tour do need it, to yeah. stay locked in for the rest of this ride. Uh, so if you guys go on a, a bodycheckwellness.com and use promo code OCS for 25% off your order. Uh, I Here we go, moving on to our lovely topic. Uh, and that would be these little men playing out here, playing this man's sport. And uh, man, they're showing them up out there. I was absolutely shocked. Uh, I know, you know, we talked about Hawaii throwing that no hitter against New York here the other day but also i mean i watched another team i mean there's so many i can't i can't even remember who's playing on a given day but a couple couple i think it was a week ago they had another team that ended up throwing a no hitter uh and i'm i'm really surprised i mean a lot of people like oh well they're just kids and and they're just learning the game so i don't care if they're just learning the game or not it's just as hard for those kids to hit as it is for them to pitch uh so i i think it's it's fantastic and it's great for the game of baseball. Uh, and, you know, we get a little sneak peek like today, you know, with the Red Sox and the Orioles facing off out there in Williamsport. I would love to go to Williamsport one day. I think that would be an absolute blast um, to do that. And I, those, I know those kids enjoy it and uh, it's kind of a lifelong memory for them. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, being able to, you know, to say that if like these 12, 13 year olds, like you're in the little league world series. I mean, that's something that you can put on your resume whenever, you know, your job search or whenever you, you're growing up. And uh, I think the MLB really does a good job. You know, one year they had a game at 
TD Ameritrade part for the College World Series. I think the market is through the roof for the MLB. They just had their Field of Dreams game against the Reds and the Cubs. I know that teams, you know, aren't, you know, really in playoff contention, but, you know, to really play an historic feel like that, you know, we know the movie. Uh, and then going to, you know, play at Williamsport and let these, you know, kids who got, you know, it's not easy. They had to go from regionals. I'm sure they had to play in so many tournaments throughout the year to be able to make it to here. And then to throw a no-hitter and absolutely beat the brakes off of a New York team 12 to nothing. I think Hawaii is going to be the favorite uh, to win the U.S. regional. I'm, I'm really impressed with Nolansville, Tennessee. They put up a lot of runs against a Utah team that really looked good. So I think that Hawaii and Tennessee are going to be uh, the two teams that – and they're going to be in the U.S. And usually Japan is good, but I noticed that they got blanked by Canada six to nothing. I was like, whoa, this doesn't look like a Japan team. Usually Japan is, you know, like beating them like 20 to nothing. They have a bunch of dudes on there. So, shoot, maybe put some, I don't know if you can bet on this, but, man, my money might be on uh, Team Canada to take the international. Yeah, I mean, you really had a battle. I mean, Canada is excellent this year, fantastic. Yeah. Uh Curacao today beating Italy, uh, one to nothing. Very, I mean, that's a that's a dog fight from a bunch yeah. of a bunch of young kids and uh, heck of two heck of a good team. You know, both teams were fantastic. Uh, in pitching, I think it just came down to that. Curacao has amazing pitching. Um, their kid on the bump today was throwing seventy one. So I don't know what that is in MLB, but that sounds pretty MLB, fast that's to me. Ninety, that's ninety mile an hour. In the majors, so uh, that's pretty impressive. I know Italy uh, was a big milestone for them to get their last win uh, this past week. You know, they got their first first win as a country. I would say uh, their last win was actually Italy did win, uh, but it was uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. kids playing in it because yeah. of uh, because of military and everything over in that part of the country. Uh, but this is the first time that this is an all Italian born team. Uh, to get a win in in Little League World Series, so I, I do applaud them for that. Hey, and even one of the kids' dads had a beard. This guy's been growing his beard for seven years. Wow, he's never Holy shaved up in seven years. They ended up winning, and his bet with the kids and with his kid was that if they won, he had to shave it off. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they brought him back on today, all all clean shaven. Oh he was a little God. rough, I've but got uh, like yeah. a strange man. He said that is he said. Uh, that he walked out and his son walked out uh, the next morning or whatever. And uh, was like, didn't even recognize him was like, Oh my God. He's like, cause his kid's only like 12. I yeah. mean, so, I mean, seven years and kid was not even old enough really to realize. So uh, this is probably like really the first time he's remembers like, man, that's what he looks like without a beard. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty big. I mean, which, is wild. And if you want a beard like that guy had for seven years, you guys can head over to Norse Beard uh, and get your premium beard care and grooming products over there. Uh, head over there and uh, to www.norsebeards.com and use the promo code OCS for 25% off all your beardman's needs. So, uh, yeah, that that's wild. And, you know, the Little League is fantastic yeah. at, at what it is. Uh, and it's great. And you, you touched on the MLB marketing. I mean, that that's huge for them. And I wish they did more of that. Yeah. I wish there was more opportunity for them to do that. Because uh, there definitely is. I mean, even at the minor league level sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they went down and said, hey, you know, it's minor league season. And, you know, teams are 
you know, bring the MLB team down and have the MLB team square off. I mean, a lot of those teams in, in the Midwest and in, in the Northeast really aren't that far from each other. And it wouldn't hurt them to play, you know, a couple of games in a minor league park or whatever. Get, you know, get the major, the major league affiliate, you know, in there and, you would sell out crowds all the time. I mean, which is fantastic to boost your, your minor league system. Uh, Cause I mean, at the end of the day, it, all that money goes to one organization. It doesn't matter, you know, who is the minor league team for whoever, all that's going into one bank. <laughs> I mean, really at the end of the day. So I think if they did that, it would, it would be huge uh, for them. So I, I, I love it. And, and I wish they did more of it. Well, speaking of like a minor league, I saw on ESPN Plus they're doing like a little documentary on the Savannah Banana uh, team. So I mean that that club knows the marketing side of it. I mean they know how to entertain folks or whoever to come into the building. It's always a packed stadium, and I mean the baseball team is always great. I think they've won multiple championships in their league. So yeah, and then going back to the Little League World Series, I mean it's also great for the international kids like, because the past two years they haven't been able to go on due to the pandemic. So. It's good for them to be able to go back uh, to Williamsport and experience that, that great event. It's definitely a once-in-a-lifetime event for all these kids. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, in, in talking about this big environment and, in you know, for these kids and everything brings us to our quote of the week. Uh, and I can't stand this guy. People know this. I know you guys know it. And, and a lot of people know that I can't stand this guy. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to have you read the quote of the right. week for us. So I, I just, I, something about this just got my blood boiling for half a second. And I was just like, you know what? It's actually somebody I don't give a single ounce of thought about ever. I try not to. Uh, so, you know, unless they put them on TV and I'm like, great, let me find a new channel. So, <laughs> so give us our quote of the week. There, I mean, we just keep finding these great quotes every week. So LeBron James was asked on the most hostile atmosphere he's been a part on. Well, the first thing you probably think of, you know, well, why not at home at, you know, Staples Center, maybe TD Garden? No. Who knows? Well, actually, you'd be shocked. It was actually in the bubble. Without a doubt, it was the most hostile environment I've ever experienced. It was just so damn quiet. But you could see everything. Those virtual fans on the screens would write all kinds of mess- messages. I mean, fan, we know fans write all sorts of messages. I'm not even going to say what this one fan was. I think that fan probably went a little bit too far. It had to, something to do with your private area that I'll probably not get into. Uh, but what are your thoughts? If you played in the bubble, would that be your most hostile environment in the Let NBA? Let me tell you what. <laughs> Let me tell you what. If you're in the bubble – and you're paying attention to a bunch of people on little tiny screens the size of my laptop, you have problems. No wonder you didn't make the playoffs this year. Like, that's my thought. It's just like, dude, if that's really your priority at the end of the day, you have bigger problems. It it just, I don't understand. That's like Russell Westbrook, you know, was picking fights with people in the bubble. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I'm thinking... (laughs) You're in the bubble. It's like you're in Disney World. Give it a rest. You know, chill out. But you know what? You ended up winning the, you know, it's the Disney Award, you know. Uh, so, I mean, it really, it's sad. I mean, the fact that he said, oh, the most hostile environment. Yeah, of course he said it was the most hostile because he ended up winning the championship that year. I, I just, it just, it's it's ridiculous. And you would think that he would say something like, hey, you know, uh, 
Chase Center out there is, you know, a tough place to play against the Warriors. You know, it's really hostile environment. Or when they played in Oracle a few years ago, it was a hostile environment. It, but really, dude, like, come on, the bubble. Like, I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. It sounds like a cop out to me. Yeah, I disagree about the bubble being the hostile environment. I could get on that the bubble was probably the most difficult environment because a lot of the, you know, a lot of these MLB, M- NBA players, you know, had to spend, you know, a couple of months, especially, you know, the Lakers made it all the way to the championship. They were spending three months without their families. I know that was hard on the players. And, I mean, I mean, you, you are staying at the deluxe resorts. I know that, you know, the higher up teams, was staying at the deluxe resorts, you know, like the Grand Floridian. I don't even think the Polynesian was available. And you had like, you know, if you were like on the bubble, like Pelicans and Grizzlies were staying at like the boardwalk. I'd be like, shoot. I mean, it's not like you're staying at like the Motel 6. I mean, Disney World's going to gonna feed these guys. I know I, wa- I watched like, you know, like uh, I think it was the Matisse Thibault's vlogs during this. I also watched Javale McGee's vlogs on YouTube. I think that was the best entertainment. I think those like skyrocketed their YouTube channel. So it was definitely great. For guys, you know, want to, you know, you know, providing that experience for the fans, like, well, what are we eating on a day? You know, what are what are we doing? Like, how many times are we getting COVID tested every day? But to go that far, you know, the most hostile environment. I mean, I know, like, the virtual fans. I don't even know how loud they were. I mean, on TV, they didn't even sound like it was just a bunch of crickets. It sounded like in that in that stadium. So I don't know, but I just feel like uh, LeBron. I mean. You've played in so many NBA arenas. I'm sure there's got to be a hostile environment more than the bubble at ESPN Wild World of Sports. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah like, like, did LeBron say something to some media person and be like, hey, you know, uh, screen number 55 over there looked at me the wrong way. Can you mute him? Like, uh, he's over there with all the yes, remotes. Can you, over there. can you, like, hide his screen? He's kind of yeah. distracting me at the free – like, he said literally in his quote that, like, a sign that – you know, a vulgar sign that a fan had at the free throw line, like – I think there, yeah, there was a screen behind the free throw line. There was a screen behind the free throw line, and then you know, if you remember, that was that big Looking screen. It was literally right. like a, it was literally like a, a Google, you know, Teams. It was pretty much like that. I was like, what the heck? Hopefully, we never have to go through that again. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just don't understand. But I mean, that's him. If he wants to say the bubble is the most hostile environment, good for him. <laughs> yeah and, and that'll that'll finish our talk about lebron i i don't want to talk about lebron much longer um or, or anything even remotely close to that uh which brings us to our next thing and it, it goes back to where i guess well kind of reference at lebron kind of where it goes back to uh his start of his career so we're heading back to cleveland but not for basketball it's for football Ooh. uh so Tyler, give give us a little insight i guess you know a lot's been happening with deshaun watson here yeah. the last couple of days I know we haven't talked about it much, uh, but a lot of stuff's been going on uh, with this whole, uh, with all these cases and stuff and where he stands at for playing for uh, this season. And if that's going to happen, if, you know, if the NFL was going to come out and do something uh, and ultimately they did. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like this has been the off season of just waiting on to see how many games Deshaun Watson's being suspended. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, the first suspension was six games. But Roger Goodell in the NFL is like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. We want this to do more. So it was just past this week that he's going to be suspended 11 games. Well, guess what? Well, guess what the first game is, who he's going to face whenever he comes off that suspension. I think I think the story is just written already. The Houston Texans. Yes. And where where is that game going to be played, Jacob? 
in NRG Stadium in and Houston, how many Texas. booze is he going to get? That guy. Well, if anybody shows up to the game, it actually, it'll actually probably be there. Might be sold out. like the probably the only sold out game for for the exactly. Texans that season. Because other than outs, I mean, I'm not. We'll get into the AFC South in a little bit, but I mean, the Texans. Hey, I mean, they're looking good in the preseason, so. Maybe, you know, if they can continue this preseason momentum, they might be a sneaky team in the AFC South. But um, I'm not going to say, you know, go into is it enough games or not. But, uh, I mean, 11 games without Deshaun Watson, that's pretty much going to eliminate the Browns from any playoff contention, don't you think? Uh, Yeah, I think it would be pretty hard for them to have a 500 to winning season uh, this season. Based on that, I mean, really, they threw all the chips in. They went all in on Deshaun Watson. Uh, and it kind of worried me at that, you know, that that was going to happen. And and ultimately it did. I mean, look, in the NFL, folks, if you haven't figured it out yet, if something's going, if you, if you think something's going to happen in the NFL, more than likely it's going to happen. I said one way or another, when Roger Goodell flips that double heads coin, uh, it's going to land on heads either way. It, it, yeah. it, whatever he wants, he's going to get. Uh, regardless if they go to a third-party person to figure it out, uh, that was just a sham in order to figure out that, uh, hey, we want to be impartial. Well, you know, my thought is is that, wow, real impartial of you. Uh, she made a ruling, and then you go behind her back as the NFL, as Roger Goodell, and you say, well, you know what? I think we're going to attack on five more to that just so that we can have them play against the Texans just for the media purposes. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, he's going to sit at home for five more games because Roger Goodell wants him to play against the Texans for his first game back. Yeah, I feel you like he it. did that on purpose. Like, hey, oh, here we go. Let's circle this date. Yeah, 11 games sounds good. All right, you'll be back on the Houston Texans and get booed because we saw in the Jack in the first preseason game against the Jaguars, I mean, Deshaun Watson did not play great. I think he was like four for 11, something like that. It was not a good game, but the Jaguars fans, oh my gosh, they just gave it to him. So who knows when he goes back to Houston, man, that crowd, I, I just want to be in that crowd just to experience it. Not going to lie. We might have to make another Houston trip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's going to be wild. I, I just, I'm, I just don't understand. I mean, I do when I don't, because I, I understand Roger Goodell and I understand how ridiculous and stupid he is, uh, you know, and, and I I get what he wants to do for the NFL. Uh, but the NFL is is pointless at this point for stuff like that. Just play football. Say hike and throw touchdowns and fumble the ball and interception. Just win games. And win or lose games. That's it. These guys get paid way too much money for Roger yeah. Goodell to sit there and make decisions like this. He gets paid way too much money to do it at the end of the day. Uh, in it makes my blood boil when we have to talk about stuff outside of the game of football. Yeah, uh, in the NFL, it is the National Football League. Especially is not, the off season. I feel like the off season. You know what a player did. You know outside of the field, what what the antics it is. I feel like, I mean, that's just a part of life. There's going to be some players uh, doing this, but yeah, I, I just feel like it, it just needs to be about football. Yeah, and at the end of the day, my last thing I'll say about it is the NFL is not the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Yeah. They're not. And they just need to play football at the end of the day. So, yes, I think I think we agree on that point, and I think most people would agree with us mm-hmm. on that point. Uh, but that brings us to our NFL preview. Uh, I know we talked about the South for half a second or two, and mm-hmm. we talked about the Texans. So we're going to get into those. 
Uh, and Tyler, what division do we want to start with tonight? We'll start off with the AFC South. So if our viewers don't know who's in the AFC South, that is the Tennessee Titans, the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Indianapolis Colts. So I'll start actually with you. Who do you think? Let's go from four to one. Who you got one in the AFC North? Oh, yeah, the AFC South. Excuse me. We already did the North. My bad. <laughs> uh, in the AFC South, uh, it's going to be a battle for the bottom, I think, in this division. Mm-hmm. Honestly, uh, I think your team in the bottom this year is probably going to be Houston. I think I've got the Texans bringing up the rear there, bringing up the old caboose. Uh, so I, I'm going to put them fourth. Uh, third, I'm probably going to go with the uh, – with the Tennessee Titans, I'll probably go third. Wow. Uh, I think the Titans, I just don't think, aside from Derrick Henry, what else do they have? I mean, let's let's really be honest. Uh, as far as quarterback play goes, I mean, we saw the best of what I think the Titans have um, a couple of years ago, and I think that's all they've got. Uh, I don't I don't hate Mike Vrabel as as the head coach there. I think he's the right fit there in 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 uh, Nashville. I just I don't know if it's the scheme and the people that they have running the scheme. Uh, they just got some stuff to figure out there with, with, with their team. So I, I think I've got them third. Uh, finishing in second, yes, folks, the Jacksonville Jaguars are still out there. Uh, so I'm going to put the Jacksonville Jaguars second on my list. I think uh, I think they'll have an above 500 season this year. Uh, I hope so, maybe around 500. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is figuring it out there. I think he's getting acclimated. Let's get the first-year jitters out of the way, and uh, let's lock in and play some football. Uh, so I, I think that's what's going on there. He's a born winner, you know, with, with what he's done at Clemson and, and uh, what he's done there and basically shattered everything that Deshaun Watson ever did uh, at Clemson. So I think that uh, – I think – Jacksonville is definitely on the rise, and I think uh, I think you know a few years from now we'll they'll be you know the second place team that keeps giving my first place pick a run for their money, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, hey, new quarterback Matt Ryan. Uh, yes, Matt Ryan. He is still alive, and he's still alive and kicking, and he's in Indianapolis now, folks. Yes, he has left Atlanta. Uh, so no, I think I I think that the Colts have the pieces in order to make a playoff. Uh, a, a decent playoff spot uh, in, in play in the first round. Do I think they're going to win the title this year? No, I don't think so. Do I think they're going to make it to the AFC Championship? No, I don't think so. Uh, but no, I think they're they're all right, and and I think they're a good enough team to win the division. Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, definitely an absolute beast in the backfield. As uh, as much as he pushes his weight around back there, he ain't a big guy. Uh, you know, as far as height, I mean, he's he's a chunky guy. I mean, he kind of reminds me of, uh, in a way he's got that Mark Ingram build, I guess I would say. Uh, so I, I think he's a good fit there. Definitely really haven't had a great running back in years in Indianapolis. So I think it's, it's great for that. Uh, good pieces, young guys, at wide receiver. Uh, and of course, you know, you got a veteran at quarterback. He knows how to, how to win games. Uh, yes, folks, the Falcons made it to the Super Bowl a few years ago. So yes, uh, Matt Ryan has been that far. So uh, I think I think I got the Colts taking the the AFC South right there. You know, I have to agree with you with the team at the bottom. It's going to be the Houston Texans. They have really you know shown some sparks in the preseason. But I just don't think that's going to really carry over. 
into the regular season games. They have Davis Mills. I think that he's a really solid quarterback. I think he's really one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. And then, you know, Damian Pierce, the rookie out of Florida, he's looking like the RB1 uh, for the Houston Texans. I mean, you have Rex Burkhead and Marla Mack. They're getting up there in age. So, I mean, Burkhead, who who knows how many miles he has on them legs. I mean, he's been running it uh, with so many teams, especially uh, with the New England Patriots. Uh, but I do think that the Texans are building young talent. I mean, you do have that connection with Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks. You have Kiki Kuti, uh, the wide receiver, too. And then on the defense, you added a guy like Derek Stingley Jr. You, you know, we saw his 2019 season with LSU. The question is, can he do that same thing in the NFL? He's looking really good uh, at practice. But I just don't think this is going to be the Texas year again. This is probably going to be another top five pick in the, the next year's NFL draft. But, you know, that's not, a, that's not really a bad thing. I think that next year's draft class is going to be, you know, blowing the doors off of this year's draft class. I'm going to have the Jacksonville Jaguars finishing fourth, uh, third, actually, excuse me, in this. I, I think that, like you said, this is going to be a team on the rise. A new uh, head coach, obviously, Urban Meyer, is gone. That is definitely a good thing for Jaguar fans. And now you get Doug Peterson. As we look back at, you know, Doug Peterson's day with the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, his quarterback was Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, and they won the Super Bowl against the Patriots. So, I mean, that guy can definitely, you know, turn up an offense. And I'm really excited to finally see Travis Etienne healthy and, you know, see that connection again like we saw at Clemson with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Let me see what this offense can do. And then you had a guy like Christian Kirk from the Cardinals. So I think this is going to be, you know, one of the, the sneaky teams. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they're a borderline top 10 offense. I think that they can make that, that great of a jump. Just the defense is not there yet. I think that's a lot of key pieces. You know, they added uh, Trayvon Walker, of course. I think he's looking really good. He's making a preseason mark. But, I mean, it's not the defense we saw, you know, five years ago in that AFC Championship game against the Patriots. I know I'm bringing up the Patriots so many times, but that team has just made it so far, you know, with Bill Belichick. Coming in second is going to be the Tennessee Titans. This is a team that's probably going to finish around like the 9-8, and 8-9 eight, eight and mark. Obviously, you use – Losing A.J. Brown is a big loss for this team. He's now on the Philadelphia Eagles. But you do add Traylon Burks, the stud wide receiver out of Arkansas. But that's going to be a lot of target shares up for grabs. It's going to be Traylon Burks and Robert Woods are pretty much going to be uh, your wide receiver one and wide receiver two for the Titans. And then you have, obviously, Derrick Henry. It's probably going to be the Derrick Henry show in that offense. But, you know, he, he suffered – uh, an injury last season that really uh, stuttered his season. So can he produce and stay healthy, you know, with a lot of carries? Because the past couple of years, it's just been feeding this guy, you know, 40 carries every game. You know, a running back can only do so much. But the defense is still there. A lot of solid talent. I think the Titans are going to be one of the, the top 10 defenses in the NFL. But with Ryan Tannehill still a quarterback, we saw last year, you know, getting the one seed getting that first round by, you host, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals, and then you get you get bounced. So uh, I just think that it's going to be a down year for the Titans. See a little bit of regression. I mean, it's hard to get the, the one seed in a stacked AFC uh, conference, but I just don't see it. And then I have uh, Matty Ice and the Colts uh, win the division. I'm going to say it right now, this year's Colts team is as well-balanced probably since the Peyton Manning days. I think this – team has the chance 
uh, to compete for that number one seed with the likes, you know, whoever wins the AFC West and maybe the AFC North winner. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned, obviously Jonathan Taylor, the bell cow, we saw it last year, what he's capable of doing. I expect him to do that, maybe even more. And then I think that Michael Pittman uh, getting Matt Ryan, that's going to help. You have guys like Paris Campbell. You did lose T.Y. Hillen, but I'm not really concerned. The wide receiver core is still looking pretty pretty good. And then uh, the deep offensive line, you can't forget about them. They're one of the top ones with Quinn Nelson running that show. And then the defense is going to be a top 10 defense. It's been a top 10 defense since the 2018 season. I expect not the last of uh, the Colts will win the AFC South in my book. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Going to be a great, great division there uh, in the future for the AFC. I think yeah. I, it, it really could be, uh, you know, right now it's it's mainly uh, kind of an AFC North division, AFC East kind of kind of show right now. Right. So I, I think uh, I think it's it's close, but it's just not there yet. And, and there's young guys in that division. It really is. It's the young division. It's the rookie division. I mean, let's let's face it. Uh, but let's go to the other side of the spectrum here. Let's go to the NFC South, uh, where Tyler's hometown boys, uh, the New Orleans Saints, are in uh, with a notable group of teams that have uh, added some key pieces and some quarterback battles. Been going on a lot in this uh, this division. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this is going to be like AFC South. There's going to be a race at the top. And then a race at the bottom. So the race at the bottom is going to be the Falcons and the Panthers. Those teams are especially in rebuild mode. I think the Falcons are probably, I'll give them the last play spot just because Marcus Mariota. We know what he did at Oregon, but he hasn't really shown it in NFL maybe one or two years with the Tennessee Titans. But, I mean, they do have offensive weapons. You know, Cordell Patterson had his best uh, season in the NFL, you know, his age 30 season. So, I mean, I, I guess whenever he gets up, the more, you know, Older he gets, I guess Cordell Patterson, the better he gets. But they did add Drake London uh, to their receiving core. We know that uh, they are obviously not going to have Calvin Ridley with the one-year suspension. And then they did add uh, Drake London, the rookie receiver out of USC. So there is going to be some key pieces. Add that with the tight end, Kyle Pitt. So there is, you know, some young pieces, you know, on this Atlanta offense. But just the quarterback play, you know, you go from Matt and Ryan, go from Marcus Mariota. You're going to see a drop-off. The defense does have some talent. A.J. Terrell, you have Deion Jones there, Lucon. There's some key pieces on both sides, but I just don't see it. This is probably going to be a team that probably wins four or five wins. This is going to probably be a team uh, that's going to be a top-five pick along with the Texans. Uh, but I do have the Panthers finishing third. I definitely think that Baker Mayfield is going to be the quarterback one, and he gets to face his hometown. Uh, not really his hometown team, but his former team, the Browns, week one. So uh, that will be something to watch. But the Panthers, the only the really question mark the Panthers should have is, will CMC play the full season? We have not seen that at all from this fan. I mean, Jacob, we've I know if I've like ragged about on him, but Christian McCaffrey has all the talent in the world. You know, he's one of those dual threat running backs. He can catch it out of the backfield, and he can also run it. So can this man – Stay healthy, and if it is, I think the Panthers can be one of those surprise teams that can be in the wild card. I mean, the defense has a lot of young key pieces, uh, but I had to put them third. And I'm going to go with my hometown boys, New Orleans Saints, in second place. I do like the additions with Jarvis Landry and Tyre Matthew, Marcus May, 
like I mentioned, uh, I believe it was last week on the show, that uh, the defense lost Malcolm Jenkins uh, and Marcus Williams. But whenever you add guys like the Honey Badger and Marcus May, there's really not going to skip a beat uh, for this defense. I mean, you bring back Cameron Jordan. Uh, I go on. Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. The list goes on and on. The main story is this Saints defense will have talent, will be one of the top defense defenses in the NFL. The main question mark going into the season was how compare of how long his suspension will be, but it sounded like from the reports uh, for you know from ESPN from Adam Schefter is that the suspension's not really going to go into place until 2023. So that's good news for both fantasy football owners wanting to snag Kamara and also for Saints fans. I think looking like Kamara is going to play the full 17 games. You're going to get a healthy Jameis Winston back. Uh, hopefully, and then hopefully you get a healthy Michael Thomas. I mean, I think there's definitely a high ceiling for this team, but I can't really bet against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. The I mean, they really didn't lose anyone outside of Rob Gronkowski. Obviously, lost Antonio Brown. He pretty much dipped, said good adios uh, in the Jets game last season. Uh, and really, I haven't even touched on the Saints and the Bucks are two of the main teams in this division they're going to be dealing with new head coaches. I mean, they stayed in the system, both, you know, hired inside their organization. Saints signed a former defensive coordinator. Dennis Allen was a longtime defensive coordinator for the Saints, and the Buccaneers went with Todd Bowles. So I really don't expect, you know, it's new head coaches, but there's not going to be much drop-off. I think the Saints and the Buccaneers, they're going to be that one-two punch. I, I'm expecting both of those teams uh, to, to make the playoffs as well. Yeah, yeah, I definitely two great teams uh, yeah. right there at the top of that division. Yeah, and, and for the most part, I agree with you with uh, where where you put those teams. Uh, I think uh, I think yes, the Falcons bring up the rear. Yeah, uh, I agree with everything you you alluded on there. Um, as far as the Panthers go, yeah, they got internal quarterback battles, and and yeah, and and Christian McCaffrey, I I just. <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's it's tough, and I mean, maybe if he eats his double stuffed Oreos before every game, maybe he'll make it through the season. Uh, that's maybe the only, we can hope. only hope. So get that man some Oreos. He gonna make it. Uh, and then uh, no, I think uh, second place I would put the Saints there. Yeah, uh, they got some stuff to work out. I think you know it's it's definitely injury prone uh saints you know in this this last season so let's hope they can stay healthy this year uh in order to to give the bucks a run for their money uh i i just it if michael thomas i mean michael thomas and in jarvis landry are a one-two punch right there so i mean that uh that's definitely a big big piece there uh for new orleans that they need to take advantage of um especially you know Alvin Kamara's kind of been their go-to guy for a long time with Michael Thomas back. Yep, Jarvis Landry's there. Hey, they're going to run the ball. They're going to throw the ball. I think this year could be a big year for play action yeah. in New Orleans uh, if Jameis can run the play action well uh, with that. And, of course, we've seen that Kamara's a good catching back, a good you know carrying catching back. So uh, I, I think that that's an excellent one. And, and then finally the Bucs. I think the Bucs are uh, – I think the Bucs are – the team they want to be. Yeah. You, you did mention, you know, most of their guys came back. Uh, you know, I think the only thing that, 
you know, Brady is getting used to is, is his new center. Of course, his center went down with a, a ending injury already um, in training camp. Uh, so he does have a new center this year, snap of the ball to him, uh, which I don't think is going to be too big of a deal. He's a young guy. Uh, but I, I think he's still dreaming in the fact that he is snapping the ball to uh, the greatest quarterback of all time. So <laughs> I think uh, he's going to try to get the butterflies out in that aspect. But no, I think uh, the Saints and the Bucks are definitely the two team teams that are uh, going to take control of this division, and they have been for a little while. Yeah, going back to that Saints offense, I know you mentioned, you know, just speaking of last year, you know, the Saints were rolling. They were 5-2 and two going into that Buccaneers game with Jameis Winston. He tears his ACL. And the quarterbacks they had to deal with was Trevor Simeon and Ian Book. And I've already seen enough of Ian Book. I want him off my team right now. I know, you know, he's still a young quarterback developing, but I just haven't really seen that development yet. But speaking of that wide receiver core, you go from guys, you know, Marcus Callaway, Deontay Harris, now Hardy, uh, he changed his last name in the offseason. And then going from Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Jarvis Landry. The Saints will be able, you know, the defense is usually, you know, stuff the box. They're either going to run it with Kamara or, you know, do that little screen pass. Uh, so, I mean, add Taysom Miller to this offense. I mean, this could be one of the, the best and most improved offenses in the NFL going forward. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think the Saints are a team that when Brady decides to hang it up in the next couple of years, yeah. uh, I think the Saints will ultimately take control of the division. Yeah, I think ultimately if uh, – if Jameis can hold it together, uh, Trevor Simeon gets some some quality time in and and get some chances. Uh, I think they're a very good, uh, you know, starter and backup quarterback for for the Saints and and I, the people had their reservations about Jameis there in uh, in New Orleans and I was one of them. I, I was like, mm, I don't know about that. Jameis is kind of an interesting fit there. You know, especially after, I mean, how do you follow up Drew Brees mm-hmm. in New Orleans after all those years? I mean, that's really was what people were thinking. How do you follow it up? And uh, Jameis, you know, I don't think has gotten his shot yet. And uh, I think ultimately this could be his shot this year uh, to show it. He's got the talent. He's got to deliver the ball yeah. to the right guys at the right time. Yeah, we that's saw all glimpse, it is. We saw a glimpse of it last year. We just haven't seen really a full season uh, with Jameis with the Saints offense. It's definitely going to be interesting now. Sean, Sean Payton won't be calling the plays anymore. It's now going to be Pete Carmichael. I mean, Pete Carmichael has been the offense coordinator, but uh, the majority of the play calls have gone to Sean Payton. So we'll see if the offense changes. I don't think so. I think that Pete Carmichael's system is pretty much along the lines of Sean Payton. So I don't think uh, Saints fans should really be worried about the play call on the offense side. Absolutely. And that brings us to our last little spot here in the NFL, and that's Tyler's Fantasy Football Corner. Uh, you've got quite a bit for us tonight yes. for Fantasy Football Corner, and I think you're going to lead it off with our top four kickers. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't figured it out in Fantasy Football, if you're playing Fantasy Football and you haven't figured it out, your kicker might win you some games or lose you some games. Uh Let's just remember the last season when the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, I forget who they were playing. Uh, Green Bay? Question. Yeah, I think so. And it was like the battle of who's going to be the worst kicker. Like, hey, if you miss this kick, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Hey, if you miss this kick, I'll give you two thousand dollars. Like, it was it was a problem. So uh, I I want to hear this. I want to see who's the top four kickers. And uh, who people need to be circling late in the draft. 
Yeah, so I got the top four kickers, and then I'll have a bonus one. So you can pretty much say top five kickers. I won't really go into any much detail. I mean, fantasy, if you're drafting fantasy football, you pretty much know about these kickers. But all five of these kickers that I've chosen are going to be on high scoring offenses. Number one is going to be Justin Tucker from the Baltimore Ravens. This man is on the money with his kicks. I mean, he can he can make it from, you know, 58, 57. We know, you know, those those long field goals give you a lot of fancy points. So you want Justin Tucker on your team. Number two is going to be Tyler Bass from the Buffalo Bills. This Bills offense, like I said multiple times, is going to explode. Uh, so Tyler Bass is definitely going to get a lot of extra points. I'm sure uh, the Bills offense will get into the opponent's territory a lot. So expect uh, Bass to get a lot of action uh, deep in their opponent territory. Number three is going to be Matt Gay from the Los Angeles Rams. Pretty much the same with the Ravens and the Bills. Matt Gay was, you know, during the Rams Super Bowl run, he was really consistent piece. I mean, he, uh, when you know, going back to that divisional game against Tampa Bay, they had that long throw to Cooper Cup and Matt Gay, you know, seal the deal. And uh, it really started the Rams run to the Super Bowl. Number four is going to be Daniel Carlson uh, from the Raiders. You know, adding Devontae Adams, I bet Carlson is liking, licking his chops right now of how many field goals and how many extra points. The Raiders are going to score. I think every team in the AFC West is going to score. That's going to be the most highest scoring division we have seen. And number five is going to be Evan McPherson. I can't not mention this guy. I might as well just call this man Money McPherson because I don't think I've seen this man miss any time that I've watched him. I mean, that dude was automatic during the Bengals playoff run, so you got to put him on your fantasy list. So with that being said, do you have any thoughts on the top four kickers or uh, you know, what kicker would you put on this list? Um, I, I I love the kickers that you put on the list. Uh, guys, guys that are, you know, potential, you know, you got, uh, I know Chet. <laughs> Good God. Bless, bless Chet. <laughs> but Chet adores the Atlanta Falcons kicker. Uh, it, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. And I don't know why. But would you take him this year? I mean, Atlanta is Atlanta even across the fifty this year? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's probably gonna be a lot of field goals for them. I mean, there's not gonna be many touchdowns from that offense, but I mean, who knows? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. And it's tough. Like, uh, I I don't recommend people picking a kicker in Green Bay uh, only because of the weather. It's not so much the kicker; it's what they have to deal with as far as yeah. wind goes and things like that. So. Uh, that's why I would stay away from somebody like that. Um, but no, I th- I agree with you. I think the I think the AFC West and the NFC West is going to be the places to go for kickers. You know, yeah. Brandon McManus is another guy. He's uh, the kicker for Denver. Yeah, I would honestly, I would draft all the kickers in the AFC West. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, in your fantasy for the Chargers. Yeah, if your fantasy football league consists of extra points for guys making it longer distances, if they're playing for Denver, please put them on your roster. I'm not saying draft two kickers. Uh, no, there's no, but, not a need to draft two kickers ever. No. The only, but, the only round you need to draft a kicker is the final round. If you draft a kicker anywhere, you're just wasting your value. And, I mean, you could – there's plenty of guys. I mean – We've even talked about, like, I, I know I'm talking about the Saints, Will Lutz. I mean, that man just hit a 59-yard field goal in the preseason. He's come back for injury. 
a guy like Cade York from LSU, he's on the Browns. I mean, with Jacoby Brissett, are they going to score many touchdowns? Probably not. If they do score a touchdown, it's going to be Nick Chubb. That's who's going to be scoring touchdowns. So maybe that could be, you know, a sleeper pick if you're looking for a guy to stash. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's really not going to be the best teams in the league yeah. that you're going to be looking for a kicker for necessarily is what you're saying. Yeah, you know, and I, and I agree with that. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think kickers are, are a value spot that you're going to need late in the season. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're going to get into the next topic in Fantasy Football Corner. That's going to be a negative. Uh, I did this a couple of weeks ago. It's going to be three more players not to draft. So, wah, wah. So the first one, I think it's going to be a surprise to a lot of people. Listen, it might be a surprise to you. This guy has been one of the most consistent running backs. He's out of the Chicago Bears. That's David Montgomery. Now, the reports that I've been hearing that this is pretty much going to be a split backfield between David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, which is not a good sign. I mean, if you're going to get David Montgomery, he's going in the third or fourth round that I've seen in the mock drafts that I've done. Just really depends can range all the way if you're doing an eight-team league draft or or 12-team league draft. So that's not really a good sign if, you know, if you're trying, you know, David Montgomery, if you want him as RB2 and the reports are, well, hold up, he's not going to get all the touches, Khalil Herbert. That's pretty much, you know, the same, you know, the same deal that's happening in Denver, you know, with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. That's a 50-50 split, so I would not touch Javante. I might as well add him on here, but that's not one of them. Uh, but I would definitely grab Melvin Gordon since he's going, like, in the 10th round. So you want to, you know, go. I'll, I'll go on a little spiel here. Why not? Our viewers love it. Whenever you're looking at running backs, you know, look at guys, you know, in the early rounds. Alvin Kamara, look at the backfield behind him. Mark Ingram, he's in his – 30s, Tony Jones Jr. Those guys are not going to see the field. The guy that's primarily going to see the field is going to be Alvin Kamara. Another guy is Christian McCaffrey. I know we've talked about him so many times. Yeah, yeah, he gets injured and all that, blah, 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 blah. Throw those injuries out the garbage. Christian McCaffrey is the feature bat for the Carolina Panthers. It's not Chuba Hubbard. It's not anyone else. They are going to feed this man so many times. So, a guy like Dave Montgomery, that's not going to happen. He's mainly been, you know, he's been taking RB1 reps. Yes, he's going to get RB1 RB1 reps. He's going to be the featured back. But he plays for the Bears, which their offensive line is 31st in the league. Tell me, that's not very good. So if you don't have a very good offense, there's not going to be many rooms, you know, for busted carries. And, you know, with Justin Fields back there with terrible offense, you no longer have Allen Robinson. This, you know, the Bears offense might be one of the lowest scoring offenses in the NFL with how much they've lost. So I would not touch David Montgomery. I would probably go with someone else uh, in the third or fourth round that range. The next one is going to be Tyler Lockett, the wide receiver from the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I honestly personally wouldn't touch any Seattle Seahawk uh, if I really had to pick. Maybe one of them would probably be one of the running backs between Rashad Penny and Brees, uh, not Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. But you go in from a guy, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett was his favorite guy. Russell Wilson loves to throw the ball deep. And uh, whenever you look at guys like Drew Locke and Geno Smith, I mean, they're not going to throw it down deep too much. I mean, if you are looking for a receiver, maybe I would trust DK Metcalf just because of his pure athleticism and speed and just how – you know, how much of a monster he is. 
But that's a maybe even. I would probably put that like 30% draft in that. But I would not touch Tyler Lockett or anyone. The Seattle offense, the Seattle Seahawks offense is going to be one of the worst offenses in the league, especially with guys like Geno Smith and Drew Locke run the show. So Lockett, he's going in the middle rounds too. You can get a guy like Cortland Sutton around there who, you know, his quarterback is going to be Russell Wilson. So that's a guy uh, that I would have a draft of Tyler Lockett. Another receiver that I wouldn't draft is Deontay Johnson. Now, this is the same deal. It's going to probably be Mitch Trubisky leading the way. Now, Mitch Trubisky, I mean, he has shown some flashes every now and then, but it's not the level of Big, big Ben that we have seen. And we've also seen uh, the rookie receiver, George Pickens. He's looking like a beast. I think he's going to you know, breeze past Chase Claypool and might even contend with Deontay Johnson, but... I think that it's going to be the Najee Harris show for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They upgraded their offensive line for a reason. They drafted this man in the first round for a reason. They're going to feed Najee Harris the ball. It's just a matter of, you know, Najee Harris, can he, you know, really do what he did in his rookie season? Because we know we've seen some players in their sophomore slump. But those are the three guys I would not touch. Dave Montgomery, Tyler Lockett, and Deontay Johnson. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh no, what players do you think else you wouldn't draft? Um, I I mean I I would even stay away with some guys on some teams that are going to contend for Super Bowls. Yeah, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I, I think there are some guys that will take back seats on some of these offenses. Uh, I mean, notably, I mean, what are the what are the Chargers going to do? You know, I mean, you've got a lot of guys there. Yeah that are going to compete. I mean, is a guy like Allen Robinson going to be able to, you know, get some catches there in, in, in LA? I mean, is, is that going to happen? You know, I, that, that's the thing. I mean, there's some seasoned guys there. Keenan Allen's there. I mean, you know, I well, think Robinson's on the Rams. So Rams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But I mean, for both of those teams, yeah. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, Odell is, is still there, you know, I mean, Cooper Cup is still there. Uh, who, what's where is he going to go? I mean, that's that's my question. Uh, where is he going to fit in that offense? Uh, in I mean, if we know the Rams and we know Sean McVay, it's Cooper Cup is not going to come off of the field, regardless yeah. of the situation. I mean, regardless of how bad Matthew Stafford's elbow hurts or anything else. I mean, that's you know, that's kind of where it stands. I think the other guy to stay away from is Matthew Stafford, to be honest with you, as much as we've uh, seen in the last few days, Hey, he's got uh elbow problem, whatever it may be. You know, I think you got to stay away from him. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know if I trust an unhealthy guy uh, to, to, to lead that offense. I mean, you had a great year last year. He battled through what he had, uh, arguably the toughest guy in the league. Uh, he's played through a lot. I mean, I've watched the video of his shoulder, shoulder separation uh, multiple times in Detroit and, you know, still leading that offense back to a win. Uh, but I, I I think he's a big one to stay away from in yeah. my book. Uh, but I know you have one more positive note as yes. far as fantasy football goes, um, and that's your last one here. We're going to look at some trending guys that you should keep on your radar. Yeah, you, uh, 
Yeah, you know I, mean? I gotta end things on. off on a positive. I can't end things off on a negative. I did release an article on the Old City Sports uh, Network about this. Uh, they posted it uh, this week, uh, so I won't really go into deep, deep deep dive on these guys. If you wanted to read more about it, you could find it on the article of OCSN's uh, Twitter account. So the first one, this is a guy that I know that I've told Jacob that I would never draft again just because of the injuries that he's been dealing with. I know that Jacob and I have been dealing with running backs, dealing with injuries. And this first guy is Penn State's own Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants. Now, like I just said, this is a guy that I wouldn't touch probably last week, but there's been a lot of good reports out of the Giants camp. And the fact that Jason Garrett is J- Jason Garrett, excuse me, is no longer the offense coordinator. Joe Judge is no longer the head coach. The coaching system, they actually got a really good coaching system in place. Looks like the offense quarter, coordinator knows what he's doing. Uh, and they have said that they want to implement and really want Saquon to be the face of this Giants offense. We saw in the preseason game, number one, that Saquon Barkley was very involved in the passing game. And especially if you're playing with PPR, you want Saquon Barkley in your league. As long as this man can stay healthy, I mean, every running back now and then is I mean, it, it's just wear and tear on them. They're going to get hurt at some point. But hopefully, I mean, we are seeing that Saquon Barkley, this is the healthiest that he has been since his rookie year where he went off. He was a top five fantasy running back. So if you want to take him in the third round, I would say go for it. I think this is going to be the year of Saquon, and this could be the year of the Giants uh, offense uh, really exploding under a new management. Next one, I've already talked about this one, is Rashad Bateman. I think uh, obviously with Mark Andrews being uh, his fa- Mark Andrews being Lamar Jackson's favorite target, you got to go Rashad Bateman, especially with the target share loss of Marquise Hollywood Brown. I think Rashad Bateman's going to have a really stellar second year with this Ravens offense. The next one is a guy that I've already talked about uh, on today's show is Damian Pierce out of the Houston Texans. I think he's going to get the regular season start. Uh, come week one for the Houston Texans. He's made a huge impact. He had really two good games in the preseason against the Saints and then in the Rams. So I think I'm not really impressed with Marlon Mack or Rex Burkhead. Burkhead is way out of his prime. Marlon Mack is pretty much the same deal. So I think if I, if I were the Texans, if I were Lovey Smith and I, I was actually smart and not like Dan Mullen, you know, where you don't even use the guy in college, hopefully the Texans uses him and Damian Pierce. And Damian Pierce, if he's sitting with, uh, you know, in like the later rounds, I would definitely stash him up. He could be, you know, could have some league winning upside if he's named the starting running back for the Texans. And then the final one is the tight end out of Denver is Albert O. I definitely think with Noah Fant leaving uh, to the Seahawks, it really opens up the door. Now, there are some question marks, you know, is, you know, for Albert O. You know, especially with the offensive weapons that they have over there with Jerry Judy and Cortland suddenly in the way is going to be enough targets share. I think there is. I think especially with the Tim Patrick injury that opens up the door either for K.J. Hamler, which is also another Penn State guy, or is it going to open up the door for Alberto? We know that Russell Wilson loves to throw it to the tight ends. We saw with Will Disley there for a couple of years. He could do it again. So those are my four fantasy risers for this week. All right. All right. Well, I, I like those. I, I think those are some good ones. Yeah. I, uh, I think that's, 
good. I think you've been high on the Giants. Yeah, I've, I've been like a burning oven over here with the fantasy yeah, content. So hopefully, you know, know got to give it to our viewers. I mean, I know that the fantasy football drafts are rolling around. We have one coming up on the 30th. I know I have a couple this week. So got to be prepared, man. That's the only way you can win these. Got to get into them. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the biggest thing I'm looking forward to with this NFL season is some of those retro jersey combos yes. that we're bringing back, some throwbacks, some alternates that I'm I'm really looking forward to. Uh, it's a good little thing uh, that they're going to bring out this year. And, of course, that brings us to our last sponsor. If you guys want to go check out uh, a nice, cool company that gives you some great jerseys, our buddy over there, former AHL player Colin Mulvey, uh, he's making some amazing jersey, amazing products over there uh, for your sports team. Uh, he can create any style of jersey that you can think of over there. And uh, go over to Logaroo.com, uh, get a quote from Colin, uh, tell him your boys here uh, sent you, and, and he can get you hooked up with a really good deal. Uh, and you guys could be in all-out swag for oh, the yeah. season, uh, no matter what sport it is. Go any uh, color so, combination yeah, head over there. you want. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So head over there to Logaroo.com and uh, call, can get you guys set up for your next season uh, for whatever sport you're playing. In uh, the last sport I think we're going to touch on tonight, uh, same sport, football, uh, but a little further down the line there, and that's the old NCAA. So uh, we're going to jump into a little bit of what's been going on, a little preview I know that we talked about in the past, we mentioned the Big Ten last show and what we think is going to go on there, uh, but this one's the big dogs this episode. Uh, it's the SEC that we're going to be referencing, and I know it pains Chet and Wade to not be on this episode with us because I know they would love to talk about the SEC uh, and the preview that we have here because uh, it's it's going to be a big one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're definitely also that we'll be kicking off Southeast Sports Talk, so we'll get more in depth. Uh, we'll be doing that on Wednesday night, so definitely be sure to tune into that. So I won't get like a little bit. I'll probably do like a little bit of there. I'll definitely. But let's get into the SEC East first. I think that's going to be. So obviously the last place team is going to be the Vanderbilt Commodores. There's really nothing really to be said about this. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey now. <laughs> I mean, there's. I mean, there's really nothing really to say about this team. They do – I think week one is going to really determine are they going to have, you know, maybe a three-win season, four-win season, or just a two-win season. The road trip to Hawaii uh, in week zero with next week, we'll see how the Commodores face against uh, the Rainbow Warriors. We'll find out. Are they going to be on vacation mode or are they going to actually be on business trip mode? We will find out next week. All right. The second last place team is going to be the Missouri Tigers. This is, I think, Missouri and Vanderbilt are for sure a lock. They lost a lot on the offensive side. Tyler Beatty, that was their star running back. Connor Bazelak transferred out, so they're going to have a, no, a new quarterback in face, and their defense is one of the worst defenses in the country. All that recipe does not lead to success, at least to failure. So Vanderbilt and Missouri will be the bottom two teams in SEC East. And then from here, it gets a little bit tricky. But in the end, I'm going to have to go with South Carolina uh, as the next team up. This is going to be probably a team that finished around 6-6, six and 7-5. Six, and five. They do have Spencer Rattler, though, so I'm definitely interested in how he does with South Carolina. He was kind of up and down with Oklahoma there with Lincoln Riley. We'll see how he does uh, with, be- with the Beamer ball that they call it over there at South Kakalaki, how that will do. Uh, but the next team up, I'm going to have – 
man, this is tough between Kentucky and Tennessee. I'm actually going to go with Kentucky here. I'm going to vault Tennessee. I just think that this Tennessee offense is just going to be explosive. They were explosive last year, uh, over 30 points per game. You get Hendon Hooker back. You get one of the best uh, wide receivers in Cedric Tillman there. I mean, they didn't really lose much on the offensive side. The defensive side, they lost Alante Taylor and a couple of key pieces, but I expect this defense to improve, and it's going to need to improve if they want to give the Georgia Bulldogs a run for their money in the SEC. So I think this Tennessee team is going to be a nine. This is going to be a nine-win season for them. I see nine wins on their schedule. The ceiling is for ten, but I really, I, I can't really go that far. I know that Roman Harper did that on the show, give it, beating them. They had them beating Georgia, which is just blasphemy. That's not. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to have Kentucky. Uh, actually, I totally forgot about the Florida Gators. So. Drop Florida. <laughs> let's put Florida eh, – let's put them below South Carolina. I think that Florida and South Carolina are pretty much going to be the same. So I think that wow. South Carolina beats Florida this year. I totally forgot about Florida. My bad. Sorry, Gator. Fans. I was wondering where you were going to put them. I'm sitting here going, he's going, he's talking about Tennessee. He's talking you – know, I, I totally Tennessee. forgot. I'm sorry. I'm mm-hmm. looking at the ESPN app. And it's got me in alphabetical order, so it's kind of screwed me up here. But – I have uh, Florida finish below uh, South Carolina. I have Kentucky uh, at third, Tennessee at two. Uh, and then, I obviously, I have the Georgia Bulldogs at number one. They're going to be undefeated. No one's really going to contend them. I know they play Oregon in week one, Bo Nix, yada, yada, yada. But they're going to get blown out. Georgia's probably going to put, like, 40 points on them. And the mailman is going to go off once again and could be a potential Heisman favorite going into the season. So, I have Georgia winning the East. Before I get into the West, why don't you give me your East predictions? Um, East, we're pretty close. Uh, I think we're pretty close. I've got Vanderbilt bringing up the rear end yep. caboose there. Uh, yeah, I, I've i got uh, right in front of them, yeah, I've got Missouri. I really don't have much there. I, I can't. I can't speak too much for yeah, the SEC. Really speak about the bottom teams. There's really nothing there. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't speak much for the SEC as a whole. I mean, yes, yes, I live down here. Yes, do I tolerate SEC football? Have I been to SEC football games? Sure, absolutely. Uh, are they fun? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I'm not too knowledgeable about a lot of these teams. Uh, but we'll get into, I guess, you know, the meat and potatoes of it. But I mean that. Those are my bottom two teams. Uh, third, yeah, I got South Carolina there. Uh, I just don't – I don't think Spencer Rattler – he really just wasn't the right fit in Oklahoma, and I don't think he's the right fit in South Carolina, to be honest with you. Uh, he looks better in South Carolina jersey than he does in Oklahoma jersey. It just looked odd. Um, it looked like that weird kid that just wore overalls to school the one day and said, what in the world is wrong with that kid? And that that's what it looked like uh, at Oklahoma. Uh, so I think he's a better fit there in South Carolina. It's not the right, right one, I don't think. Uh, and right in front of them, yes, I've got the Florida Gators. Uh, the Swamp just isn't the Swamp anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, Tim Tebow is gone. He's been cut from an NFL team. Uh, yes, he's better on SEC Network. Uh, so that's where he will stay. I'm sorry, Florida. Just not much for you left. Um, and right in front of them, I'll put... Uh, I'll put the Tennessee Volunteers, uh, good old go Vols. Um, but no, uh, I like Tennessee. I think they're all right. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting that these people are talking about 10-2 and two season for Tennessee. I just don't see that. That's just a lot to ask for. Um, 
and maybe an eight and four, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Eight and four season. I just don't see that double digit win popping up. Uh, that's just me. But um, right in front of them, I've got uh, Kentucky. I think uh, Kentucky is probably going to uh, hold up the second spot there in the division. Uh, so I've got them right there. I think uh, I think they're they're on the rise. They're doing well. Uh, you return Will Levis, uh, great young quarterback, great guy. Uh, of course, he spent a couple of years here at Penn State and uh, really made a name for himself and ultimately vaulted himself right into the SEC and right into a starting role, uh, which is fantastic for him. Just shows his upside and what his abilities are. So I think that's great for Kentucky. And then ultimately Georgia. Yes, Georgia will will take uh, the division again this year. Uh, I, I honestly think, uh, I'll say it now, I think they win the SEC again. Um, I think it's a dog fight, but they probably lose one game all year, uh, to be honest with you. So I, I think... Uh, I think they're they're my team to win to win the SEC East for quite a while and going to be for a long time. Oh, so pretty much even picks. I think the only really disagreements we had was flip flopping Kentucky and Tennessee. I could yeah finish yeah. Them. I just I don't know if I'm on I don't know if I'm on the ball the vol train yeah, yet. I, I just don't feel yet. it yet. And also we have Florida and South Carolina just a just a, a placement difference. So now we're gonna go, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. I am from Tennessee, <laughs> and I am stating that. I am not on the volunteer train yet. I am not. Uh, I I just I'm not there. I I I get it, but I'm sorry. It, it just it's a little bit too much to ask for for a ten and two season. Uh, I think just not. I don't think it's possible. Uh, sure, like I said, eight and four season. I think that's probably what they'll have. Probably what they're good for. Uh, it, just when it comes down to it, they're they're a team that. Some games are a coin flip, and look, you it might be better off picking the underdogs if you're going to put some bets down late in the season. They get tired, so I, I just I don't believe in it yet. I'm just not there. So we'll go to the SEC West now. We'll finish up the SEC, and the SEC West is arguably one of the toughest divisions in all of college football, so we'll do our best to go from worst to first. So the worst right. team in the West – this might surprise some people, maybe not, just with the off-field antics that's really been going on this season. That's going to be the Auburn Tigers is going to be the dead last team. This is either going to be a team that finishes like 6-6, six 7-5, six, or doesn't even make a bowl game. I just don't see it. I mean, you do have returning talent with uh, Tank Bigsby there, and your running back, and then TJ Finley is going to be the starting quarterback. That's already been announced, so we'll see how TJ Finley does uh, this year, especially with Bo Nix now at Oregon. Uh, the next team up is going to be Mississippi State. Now, this is a team that I think is going to be one of those dark horse teams in the West. And not not a lot of people are talking about this team, but they have a lot of return and talent. Uh, Will Rogers, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. Uh, you return, uh, you do lose Makai Polk, but you do return some key stars like Jaden Wally. And then you return uh, Jaquavius Marks, uh, the running back. And then the defense, the defense is reloaded. I think it's going to be, one of the best defense defenses in the SEC. I have uh, Mississippi State finishing at seven and five, but I think their ceiling is a nine win season. I think a nine win season is definitely not out of the realm of possibility. And then the next team I have them is a team just a bit up north is the Ole Miss Rebels. 
Uh, Matt Corral no longer there, but they do get Jackson Dart there. So we will see how the transition does. I mean, Lane Kiffin, he's one of the best offensive gurus. So I don't think that that Ole Miss offense is going to skip a beat. I think that this is going to be a team that goes eight and four. I think that's definitely realistic. They went 10 and two, uh, 10 and two last year in the regular season. One of the best uh, seasons in Ole Miss history, but I think there's going to be a little bit of a drop off there. Just because of the QB transition, we don't really know how that's going to work out there up in Oxford. The next team I have is the LSU Tigers, the new head coach with Brian Kelly. Uh, the starting quarterback is still yet to be named. I would have to put my money probably on Jaden Daniels. Uh, but there's still a lot of talent coming back on this team. I would have to say them at 8-4 and four as well. And then I'm going to have Texas A&M, the third-place team. There's a lot of hype with this team. It seems like every year that this team gets a lot of hype. Uh, obviously, it's warranted. Jimbo Fisher got the number one recruiting class this year, so there's going to be a lot of freshman talent. The quarterback play is probably going to be the downfall of this team. You're either rolling with Max Johnson or Haynes King, and that's not the quarterback that I'm going to be rolling out with against these SEC defenses. A&M is going to have one of the most veteran defenses, so the defenses will be there. It's just a question of offense because they did lose their leading rusher of Isaiah Spiller. And then I'm at the second place team, the Arkansas Razorbacks. We saw last year of Sam Pittman, what he could do with this program. They returned K.J. Jefferson, but they do lose Traylon Burks and they lost their running back as well. So they lose a lot of production on the offense, but I, I think they really recruited well this offseason. And then there, I think we all know who's going to win the West. It's going to be Alabama. I don't really see a loss on this team schedule. I think they're going to go 12-0. So it's going to be Georgia and Alabama, and I'm going to go with Alabama winning the SEC. Yeah, um, I'm going to go through mine quick here in the West. Um, Kind of like you, I somewhat agree, but I'm going to flip-flop Mississippi State and Auburn. I think I've got the Bulldogs bringing up the rear uh, in the SEC West. Too many talented teams in front of them. Uh, Right in front of them, Auburn, yes, they're young. They've lost quarterback. Uh, TJ Finley is is an older quarterback in college football, but just – hasn't gotten the right opportunity there. And I just don't think has enough uh, pizzazz, I think to lead the Auburn Tigers uh, into a, a, a really good season uh, right in front of them might surprise you. I'm going to put uh, Texas A&M in that spot. I just don't think they know what's going on at quarterback. Um, I think, I, I don't think Max Johnson will be the starter this year. I just don't see that happening from what I've seen and reports I've seen coming out of College Station. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to put the Aggies there. I just I don't think that uh, they've found their identity yet. I know Jimbo's big on recruiting, but I just don't think they've found it yet. Uh, and right in front of them, I'm going to put the LSU Tigers um, right in front of them. I, I don't know uh, what's going to come of LSU season this year. Kind of a toss-up. Yeah. I know we've talked about it a lot extensively. Well, we're just going to have to wait and see. It's a hold your breath it's yeah. year for LSU. Game one is going to be the de facto of, you know, is this going to be a successful season or is this going to be another, you know, five, around 500 season like we saw the past two seasons? Well, you know you know as well as I yeah, do, yeah. you know, better than I do, you know, being, being a lifelong LSU fan, you know, that it's going to be a hold your breath season. Yep. Uh, what's going to happen? So, yeah. Uh, and then right in front of them, I'm going to have the Ole Miss Rebels right in front of them. I've got them pretty high on my list. Uh, they they definitely uh, have the talent in the backfield, I think. 
they're young, they're fiery, they're everything that the SEC West needs right now. So I've got them uh, in third. Second, I have the Arkansas Razorbacks in second. I think uh, good old Woo Pig yeah. Suey is going to come Woo out Pig there. Suey. And uh, I think uh, I think they'll have a good year this year. I expect them to make a really good bowl game. You know, playing in the opposite bowl. Could be a New Year's year. sixteen. They could be, you know, could be in that range. Absolutely, I think they have a chance to do that this year. Uh, excellent team from coaching staff down. Uh, so I, I like I like what they're doing right now and how their season could go, uh, possibly. So and then number one, I've got Alabama as well. It's the Nick Saban show there and. Uh, we we know what Alabama has. So Alabama, Georgia, I'm going to go opposite of you. I think Georgia repeats this year, uh, and, and they win the SEC. Uh, I think they figured out Nick Saban's number. I think Kirby Smart's figured it out. So uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to roll with uh, the Georgia Bulldogs to, to win the yeah, SEC. Yeah, that's, that's the consistency pick, and I would be shocked if we don't see another Georgia-Alabama in that season. I, I, I would be too, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and moving on from that, guys uh, – we're not going to keep you guys too much yeah. longer. I know it's already been a long show. Yeah. So I, we're going to jump right into our, our best reactions from the AP top 25. We're going to finish the show out with that. Uh, and we're going to let you guys know, you know, if we have any surprises as far as who's kind of in the top 25 there and where they are in the top 25. And if that kind of surprises us or not. So Tyler, give me your, uh, your consensus evaluation on, uh, the AP top 25 and who your surprise is? Uh, my surprise is the disrespect to Utah. I mean, did this AP poll not watch Utah season last year? I mean, this team did not lose much. Uh, I mean, they return, you know, they're going to return a veteran quarterback. I mean, all this hype about USC, USC is going to blow away the Pac-12. I'm just so sick of this USC hype. But what about Utah? The disrespect to Utah, I mean, they're, they are still up. They're a top seven team, but, you, you know, have a team like Texas A&M who's going to be young, you know, has a quarterback. I mean, Utah's quarterback versus Haynes King or Max Johnson. Utah's quarterback is up here. Max Johnson and Haynes King are way down here. I mean, I would even put up Utah's defense against Texas A&M. I mean, we saw last year they had one of the best defenses. And then even Notre Dame, I don't really get the hype for them. But I mean, the top five team. Ohio State's going to expose them like fifty-two to twenty in week one, and that would be great. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I mean, I don't really get the hype for Oregon this season. I mean, they lost one of the best defensive players in their school history of Katie Bond Thibodeau. They do have Bo Nix coming in as a transfer, but he probably won't even get the start. Uh, but yeah, that's just a couple of surprises for anybody. Yeah, the disrespect for Utah. They should definitely be a top five team ahead of uh, Notre Dame. They should. Heck, I would even put him above Clemson. Put him as a top four team. Yeah, see, uh, well, I think Utah's in a good spot. I just don't like Texas A&M ahead of yeah, them. I, think I don't like that either. Sure. I just don't like Texas A&M and Notre Dame ahead of them. Yeah, I just I just don't like where that is. And uh, <clears throat> the other thing I don't understand and I don't like is why Miami is number 16. I mean, I get um, the hype. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke is the quarterback there. They have – Mario Cristobal there. It's a new regime. I mean, you could say the same thing about USC being 14. Sure, you could, absolutely. And and you could say the same thing about Oregon. Yep. Uh, you know, and even Notre Dame up there where they are. I mean, And even Baylor, even they're play. losing a lot, and still they're a top-10 team. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame starting out at fifth yeah. is really interesting. I mean, uh, 
I'm pretty sure, you know, one of their key receivers is out of the year for a torn ACL. So, I mean, and they have Ohio State. I mean, I think that Ohio State's pretty much going to seal the deal for them. They're going to kick Notre Dame out of the top 10. All will be resolved. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. That's going to be an interesting game to start the season. I think it's a good tune-up game for everybody to watch and see. Uh, And my other question mark is right in front of Miami, and that's Michigan State. I I just – what. I was shocked at that. I guess uh, Peyton Thorne uh, is getting a lot of love from the people. But did you see a team that I did notice? We talked – I think we mentioned this in last week's show that Texas got a first-place vote in the coaches' bowl. Well, I don't even see them in this top 25 bowl. So, congrats. At least the AP poll knows uh, not to really, you know, buy into that Texas hype. I know they – Seeing it now, they're receiving votes 164. But I honestly think that I would have put Tennessee in the top 25. They're, this is a team that's going to be a veteran team. I probably would have slid them at 22, placed them with Wake Forest, especially, you know, Wake Forest uh, starting quarterback is going to be out for the year. Yeah. And my big thing here is, man, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, look, the SEC, the, I'm sorry, not the SEC, the ACC actually has a lot of teams in the top 25, yeah, which is 13, good news for them. Clemson 4, Wake Forest at 22. And then Pittsburgh at 17, Miami at 16. So, yeah, ACC showed a lot of representation in the top 25. Loaded up, absolutely. So, I think that's a good sign for them. But I do do have a question for you. We know there's always this team, you know, that starts outside of the top 25 poll and gets into the top 10. Out of all, you know, the teams receiving votes and maybe on the outside looking in, who could be that team? In the top 10? Yeah. You know, could jump Um, in, you know, from unranked to top 10. Well, I, <laughs> I'm going to show my bias now. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Nittany Lions. I think it's going to be interesting because you start out, you have to go to Jordan Hare and play Auburn. Mm-hmm. We know Auburn isn't exactly the team that they were when they played them last year in the wideout game. So things have changed a little bit. Uh, but it's still an SEC opponent. I mean, it's still an SEC opponent, regardless of the situation. Um I think you you've got an interesting choice to make in in, in state college. Um, do you take the fifth year senior Sean Clifford? Uh, I I just think it's it's going to be a, a situation where is it possible that he gets replaced by a young freshman quarterback coming in? I mean, he could. I mean, that, that that's that seems to be what's going on in Penn state is people are ready for the next guy to come in and step up and, and, and ultimately uh, take control there. So I, I think that's, that's a chance that could happen there. Guys in the backfield are great. Your best back just left for LSU, uh, which is a great addition to LSU. So, uh, but you do have some other backs there that your, your backfield is deep this year. So I think it's good. I think if you run the ball well and have a good pass combo, they aren't going to figure it out. And that's why the 2016 team was so good. Yeah. They figured it out. Yeah. They were able to move the ball around. You had Barkley, McSorley, Blacknell, and you had Gasicki. And it was, it on was and just on and on. So much talent on yeah. that team. Absolutely. So I, I think I think they're my team that could sneak into the top 10. Uh, no, I don't think they're going to make the playoff. But ultimately, I think they could get a New Year's Six bowl game, a very good bowl game this year. Uh if they keep their head on straight, that's Absolutely. that's my. They got to win that game at Auburn for sure to to keep that pace of getting a New Year's Six Bowl for sure because they play. Uh, I believe they play Michigan on the road. 
they do have Ohio State at home, have Minnesota at home. So they do get, you know, majority of their opponents at home. So, I mean, they're, you know, the schedule really steps up nicely for them in the Big Ten. I mean, the road trip at Michigan, that's a winnable game. I mean, you're going to have McNamara versus um, uh, Clifford there. So that should be a really uh, good game there in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I know I'll be uh, in Penn State for the season closer. Uh, so I, I will be there for that. I think it's going to be a wild yes. season. Um, it is every year. It, it's going to be wild. I hope. I hope it doesn't snow this year. Last time I went, guys, it was so cold. I was frozen solid. I was Jack Frost in this place. Uh, so yeah, I I couldn't feel anything until I think I went home that night and slept in bed, and I said, "Oh, I'm thawing out." So uh, yeah, it was so cold. Oh my gosh. So uh, they just had to put I, they had to put salt on the stairwells oh, in order for you to walk up and down the stairs. It was that bad. So uh, I I, <laughs> I hope it's not going to come to that this year. Uh, but no, guys, I think. Uh, I think this football season for college football this year is going to be wild. I think it's going to be a great one. Uh, if you guys do want to see a more in-depth look at the entire NCAA football season as a whole, you guys can check out uh, our show, our sister show, uh, along with SEC – or not SEC, I'm sorry, Southeast, Southeast Sports, Sports Talk. Talk. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Full-on rebrand. Can... I mean, we've literally, yeah. like, the past week, we have changed all three of our show's logos. Yes, but you can guys also check out our college football CFB coast to coast show. That is Tyler and I, your host here tonight. We'll be hosting that as well. That is all NCAA football all day long there. Uh, We will be on tomorrow for that show to kickstart the season. So you guys can check us out at CFB coast to coast. Uh, So you guys can check that out. Absolutely. Thank you, Tyler, for joining tonight. I know that we had our two guys out tonight, Chet and Wade. Uh, so I, I wish them safe travels and safe rest. I know Wade just came back from South Kakalaki. I know he is worn out. Yep. Um, and Chet is on the road. Out there. So yeah, that man, that man has a sporting weekend for sure. Yes. And Chet's out there on the road in West Texas, I guess. So it's, uh, that, that gentleman, uh, needs his rest as well. Yeah. So, uh, we're holding it down for the, for the night and for the week. So, uh, we will catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for so much for watching. If you guys want, uh, any more in-depth and and reach out to us at all for anything uh, you guys can find us at sports scramble four on twitter uh and you guys can check out our website as well tyler posts all the articles from all the big sports news out there on our website that'll be linked in our description and show notes uh, for the episode and we will see you guys for our next episode what's up everyone let me tell you about a company called anchor If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design.